do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. According to Edith Schaefer, there is something about saying, we always do this, which helps keep the years together. Time is such an elusive thing that if we keep on meaning to do something interesting but never do it, year would follow year with no special thoughtfulness being expressed in making gifts, surprises, charming table settings, and familiar favorite food. Tradition is a good gift intended to guard the best gifts. I don't know about you, but I love Advent. I love Christmas. I love Epiphany. I love all of the holiday holy days. And I love everything that goes with them. I love mistletoe, plum pudding, stir-up Sunday, holly and ivy, advent wreaths, nativity scenes, caroling, sleigh rides, Christmas trees, jingle bells, pecan pie, martin moss, little pasta, wassailing, twelfth night, reindeer sweaters, fruitcake, twinkling lights, eggnog, gift giving, card exchanging, red plaid vests, mantle decorations, and lessons and carols. I love all the beautiful sights, the wonderful sounds, the cherished recollections, the delectable taste, the pungent aromas, the brisk winds, the early nightfalls, the sentimental old movies, the Chesterton poems, the big family reunions, the snug even songs, and chestnuts roasting on open fires. I love the salutations of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Feliz Navidad, Noel, Joy to the World, and even the occasional odd season's greetings. I love it all. Well, almost all. I confess I'm not a shopper, and I never go to malls, so I have a hard time reconciling the more commercial aspects of the season with my love of Yuletide, but I pretty much love all of the rest of it. The fact that I love Christmas hardly makes me unique, of course. Christmas is nearly everyone's favorite time of year because it is adorned with so many special celebrations, happy memories, delightful stories, wonderful songs, and rich recipes. It is a season of selfless giving, expressive love, and poetic joy. It is a time for family togetherness, for snuggling up to the hearthside, for recalling legends and fables, and for celebrating the things that matter most. Of course, while many of the richest and most satisfying aspects of the season have passed into common practice, their meaning and significance have often been shrouded in forgetfulness, neglect, ignorance, superstition, or misunderstanding. Alas, this has meant that their greatest pungency, power, and purpose 
has been lost to us. But this, too, has led to something else that I love, explaining all the whys and the wherefores of our most cherished holiday traditions, gospel observances, and Christian rituals. I love explaining them to others. I love the surprise, delight, and insight that always comes with teaching and learning, especially at Christmas time. Throughout history, Christians have marked the passing of the days, weeks, and months of any given year with the sequential details of the gospel story, with an anticipation of the coming of Jesus during Advent, his birth at Christmas, his trials, temptations, betrayal, and death during Lintentide, and his resurrection at Easter, the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, and then the growth and maturity of the church thereafter until the cycle is repeated the next year. In other words, the keeping of the seasons is a way for us to retell the gospel story every single year from start to finish. The holiday season is one of those rare times when even the most spontaneous of us loves to recall old traditions and familiar legacies. We love to sing old carols. We love to break out old dishes and old recipes and old stories. Advent traditions abound. Advent begins four Sundays prior to Christmas. For centuries, Christian families have celebrated this season of preparation with the lighting of one candle and a small tabletop evergreen wreath each Sunday, accompanied by appropriate scripture readings and prayer. The candles vary in color from culture to culture, but generally, for the first three candles, we have red or purple, and for the last one, we have white or golden. For families that find themselves each year vowing that their celebration of the season will focus more on the real meaning of Christmas and less on the brouhaha, this is the place to begin, to set the tone for the holidays. Stirring Day, or Stir Up Sunday, as it is sometimes called, is the first Sunday before Advent, usually following on the Sunday after our American Thanksgiving. A holiday borrowed from the Victorians, it provides a wonderful way to make the transition into the Advent season. On this day, mothers and grandmothers gather their whole family into the kitchen, assign various chopping, stirring, measuring, and cleanup tasks, and bake the Christmas plum pudding together. Then, pudding, baked and aging nicely in a cool, dark spot, they relax with the feeling of satisfaction that, although the busy Yuletide season is soon to be upon them, at least some of the preparation for Christmas dinner has been completed. The preparation has begun. Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, condoned the use of the old tradition of Christmas trees. Like the Yule log, the idea for the Christmas tree was derived over time from the tradition of St. Boniface and was intended to be a reminder that the idols of this world have been rendered moot, while the tree of Calvary 
has become the very hinge of history. Set in the center of a home and adorned with lights, tinsel, decorative baubles, and topped by a herald angel, the tree was to be a visible representation of the story of the gospel itself. The little berries of the mistletoe plant, renowned for their healing powers, became a medieval symbol of God's provision and grace. Even when the vast northern forests were buried in deep snows and the hardwood trees had lost all their foliage, the mistletoe continued to bloom to offer its medicine of hope to the afflicted and needy. Often, families would decorate their doorways with little sprigs of the plant as reminders of providential love. It became a happy ritual for lovers to kiss beneath the sprigs as a kind of covenantal affirmation of their fealty in the sight of God. A single berry was to be plucked from the sprig for each kiss. Often the bear sprigs were kept as testimony to the couple's vows. Throughout the Celtic lands of Brittany, Cornwall, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland, holly and ivy were symbols of victory won. Holly representing masculine triumph and ivy representing feminine triumph were often woven together as a sign that men and women need each other. Homes were decorated during Advent with both, often woven together as a picture of a healthy family under God's gracious providential hand. So celebrate, remember, and relish. Christ has come. Glory to the newborn King. That is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.